Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Go ahead and join me in the Gospel of John, if you would, and chapter number 12 tonight. Gospel of John, chapter number 12. <clears throat> you got me plugged in here, guys? Great. Thank you. And uh, look at verse look at verse 1 and verse 2. Now, it, it is a, this should be, I guess, a very familiar text of Scripture for us as a church. Uh, prior to chapter 12, uh, we found, you know, the resurrection of uh, a dear friend of Jesus whose name is Lazarus. And uh, what, a, what, a, what a great story chapter 11 is, right? In chapter 12, Jesus finds himself... Back in Bethany, it says in verse 1, Then Jesus, six days before the Passover, came to Bethany where Lazarus was. I always marvel at these words. Which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. Isn't that awesome? Huh? I, I hope we never get over the power of the resurrection. And then it says in verse 2, There they made him a supper, and Martha served. But Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with them. And I, I was just, I was taken back. I read through that text this week, and uh, I was taken back by those words. And I, I promise you, I've preached out of this text many, many times. And, but when I read verse 2, and when I read Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with them, I just paused and thought about the words, at the table, at the table. Think about that for a second. Lazarus was able to sit at the table with Jesus. Isn't that wonderful? It has nothing to do with the fact that he was, you know, dead in the previous, you know, chapter or just a couple of days prior, you know, but, but he just, he, he gets to sit at the table uh, with Jesus, and, and man, I just... I just I want you to think about that for, for a little bit. I'm going to do a Bible study tonight on that subject, at the table. And uh, I couldn't get that out of my mind all day yesterday, you know. And so I thought, I just better sit back and give it some more thought. And, uh, and so I did. And, you know, I, I, maybe, maybe I can take you back a little bit. But, you know, in most homes, the table, the table was, was the center of attraction. It was. I said most homes. You know, today I think maybe it's been replaced by the TV set, you know, or the computer screen or a tablet, you know. Um, but the table isn't what it used to be, right? But there was a day and time, maybe for some of us it still is, uh, where the table was, you know, just the center of attraction. You know, I'm going to talk about that just for a little bit in a, in a, in a moment. Uh, but there was a whole lot accomplished at the table. Isn't that right? You know, I mean, even today, don't we sit around the table and we solve the world's problems? Right? I mean, we got the answer for everything, don't we? Huh? Uh, what's that? We're Baptists, right? We can, 
we can solve any problem, you know. Uh, but you know, when you read through the scriptures, when you read through the Bible, uh, there, there are several references to the table. For example, the, the, psalmist, the psalmist speaks about table. He said this, he said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, right? Thou preparest a table before me. Of course, that's in the great Psalm 23, the 23rd Psalm, right? The psalmist also asked this question. Uh, he said this, he asked this question, could God furnish a table in the wilderness? Of course, the answer to that is, of course, right? Psalm 78, verse 19. Uh, we read about the Lord's table in 1 Corinthians chapter number 11. That's a special table, isn't it? Right? We celebrate the Lord's table. We call it communion, but it's the Lord's table. But, but here in this text, it's, it's, it's more personal because it says Lazarus sat at the table with him. Well, I tell you, that, that just kind of grabbed hold of me. Let me ask you this. Think, think with me for a moment. When, when, you, when, you know, when you hear those words, what comes to your mind when you hear the words at the table? Or even when I began talking about this a little bit, and I said, maybe I can take you back. What comes to mind when you think about at the table? Give me, give me some feedback, church. Talk to me a little bit. What, what comes to your mind? Talk to me. Who? Food. <laughs> Food. Yeah, that was probably going to be top of the list somewhere. Pardon me? Family and friends coming together. What else? Think about it. Come on. Sorry? sorry? A place setting. Is that what you said? A place setting. Good. I mean, memories. Memories. Think about it. Come on. What comes to your mind? You think about at the table. Say it more with that. Nice and loud. That's good. Yeah, there's a whole lot accomplished at the table, right? Not always eating. <laughs> John. Just talking, discussing, right? Good. Someone said, somebody said something over here. Conversation. Game night. Game night. Cup of coffee, hot tea. I homeschooled all four of my kids. What did you do? There you go. She homeschooled all four of her children at the table. Precious memories. How they linger. How they ever fly my soul. I'm sure you had some sometimes. Yeah. Rich. Maybe a workstation. Right? It's a workstation. Yeah. Good. What you plan to do. Good. Yeah, sit around the table, make your plans. Anything else? Prayer. Say it again. Prayer. Prayer time. Prayer time. Yes, ma'am. Inclusion. Yeah, that's good. Good. <laughs> sit and pay your bills. <laughs> Man, there's a whole lot of combos at that table, huh? Isn't that right? Amen. Uh, when, I, when I think about it now, just, of course, I, you know, I think in, in preacher terms, right? And so as I thought about this and what I wanted to share with you, you know, at the table, I, I thought about, you know, I thought about it's a place, it's a place, nope, jumped ahead. It's a place to gather. There it is. It's a place to gather, right? And that's what you kind of, you threw out, right? You know, family and friends and, you know, discussion and, you know, homeschooling and getting you know, scolded by your parents, right, Frankie? 
and discussion time and, uh, you know, so, you know, the table is a place to gather, right? Also, it's a place for fellowship, right? We sit and we, we break bread, we eat, you know, and, you know, we communicate, we have discussion, correct? So think about it, at the table, right? John chapter number 12, verse number 2, he says, and, and, you know, Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him, you know? And so a place to gather, a place to fellowship. And I thought about this, a place to learn. And I had no idea you were going to talk about it being a place where you homeschooled your kids. But, you know, that's the table. And so I, I want to do this. I want to, try, I want to try to tie this thought in with church tonight, okay? And, uh, and you'll see where I'm going with this by the end of our Bible study. But I want to talk a little bit about at the table. Uh, first, we said this in verse number, number two. It's a, it's a gathering place. The table is a place to gather, right? It's a place to gather. Uh, families, families gather around, you know, the table. And, uh, and I, I, remember, I remember growing up going uh, to the grandparents' house. I mean, it seemed like we were always going to my grandparents' house. I used to love to go to my grandparents' house, both sets of grandparents. I was, I was kind of raised by my two grandfathers. I was the first grandson on both sides. And that meant that I was, spe- I wasn't going to say spoiled. I was going to say special. At least that's what they told me. And, and I spent a lot of time with my grandfathers. In fact, uh, when I was a kid, when I was growing up, we used to have Friday night date night with my grandfathers. And both grandfathers would take me out. We'd go to a movie. Most of it was World War II movies. And then I get to choose, you know, McDonald's or Roy Rogers or something like that. And so they were special times. But I remember going over to my grandparents' house, you know, for family gatherings often. And, you know, we, 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 we never sat around the TV. We never gathered in the living room. I don't remember sitting around and my grandfather with a remote in his hand. I was the remote when he watched TV. You know, he'd say, go change the channel. We didn't have remotes, you know. Uh, we all had three channels. You know, you couldn't get the UHF channels, remember? 17, 48, and 29. You couldn't get them when I was a kid. They were all fuzzy, you know. Uh, but we sat, around, we sat around the table, right? Now, the kids would, you know, run around the living room. Uh, but everybody just sat around the table. You know, it was a gathering place. And families gather around the table. Friends gather around the table. You know what you know, people do today? They'll say, I'll meet you at Starbucks. Now, I don't meet at Starbucks. If you ever want a meeting with me, it's either got to be Wawa or Dunkin' Donuts. I don't meet at Starbucks. I don't like their coffee for some reason, you know? But don't people meet at Starbucks? Chris, did you ever meet somebody at Starbucks? You sit around a table, you have a cup of coffee, and you, you shoot the breeze, and you talk, and you fix all the problems in the world, right? So friends gather around the table. Uh, colleagues gather around the table. You know, once a week we have staff meeting here, and I gather, I gather my staff together, and we talk church business, and we do planning. Somebody said that. We sit around and plan and, and, uh, and so on and so forth. And so, you know, but, but biblically, Jesus often gathered his disciples together. And oftentimes, it was in a, in a sit-down sitting, setting where he would gather around the table. And, uh, and, and, you know, that table, you know, brings people together. And, and I'm not sure about you, but I have many, many growing up memories. How about you? You got some memories about sitting around the table? And, and not only that, but not only growing up memories, but I have grown-up memories of when I used to gather my family around the table, right? 
And uh, some of the special times, some of you young families, I, I hope you don't, I hope you never lose the treasure of, you know, the family table. You know, right now, many times, Don and I, we've been, we've been, we've been empty nesters for a long time. And I thought, I really thought after raising up four kids that we we're going to have the time of our life. You know, we were so excited when Amanda graduated high school, went to college, and we thought, man, you know, what do we do now? Let's go to Disney. Let's, let's use her bedroom as a sauna. I, we didn't know what to do. Honestly, we looked at each other, and we had no clue as to what to do. And now, honestly, because our kids live all over the place, on Sunday, we go home, it's just, it's just me and her, and we love each other, and we're really good friends, but there are times when it's just too quiet, you know? And I remember the days when our kids got to that, and they started dating, and, and you know, having, you know, got married, and every Sunday, we had family dinner. They all came to our house, you know? And Donna would cook a big meal, and the church was over, came home, had a big meal together, and then we just sat around that table, you know? In fact, I'll never forget one of my son-in-laws, uh, who pastors now in Pennsylvania. Uh, he came from a large family, one of 11. Uh, supper time, this is, this is his word, supper time for him was his dad would say a prayer, then he'd say, go. And all 11 kids just dove on the table and ate as much as they could. And then when they were done eating, say, thanks, Mom, thanks, Mom, thanks, Mom, thanks, Mom, 11 times, and they're at the door. But when he came over to our house for a Sunday dinner, when we finished eating, we just kept sitting there. And we talk and laugh and talk, and then if we sat there long enough, we eat some more, you know? And then all of a sudden I say, oh, man, I got to get ready for church. Let's get ready for church. And we're all going back to church together. They're special, they're special memories, you know? And I hope some of the younger families never lose that. You know, don't let your kids eat dinner watching TV in the living room. Gather them around the table. Have, force them to talk about their day. And our kids were young. You know, I'd have to force them to tell me what went on in school. I already knew because I was the pastor of the school. So many times they didn't want to tell me what went on in school, you know. But we're losing that, aren't we? Huh. But I think this, I think the table is and was a place for gathering. And, you know, the table is not always pleasant. There have been times, there were times when I had to gather the family around the table for family talks and whatnot, right? So it's not always a pleasant time, as Frankie brought up. But it does imply... It does imply gathering. And then, and then I said this a little bit ago, it's a place for fellowship, right? You have to turn there, but, but you, you remember when Jesus gathered his disciples together around the table, and he began to break bread, Luke chapter 22. And, uh, and he said this in, in verse number 19, verse 14, down through number 19, he said, when the hour was come, he sat down and the 12 apostles with him. You know, there's, there's a lot of lessons that, we can draw uh, from, you know, that scene. You know, Jesus is breaking bread. He's talking about the body and blood. And, but one of, the, one of the main lessons we can learn there is fellowship. You know, and at the table, you know, there's, there's fellowship. And when you think about, I think, I think about eating and drinking and laughing and sharing and, and, you know, fellowship is gathering with shared interest, right? And that's what we do when we fellowship. Uh, not every gathering is a fellowship, I get it. However, however, fellowship is possible around the table. When I read this text of Scripture, I remembered this. You remember this? How many remember? Uh, I, mean, I don't know if you do or not, but when I was younger, you used to have to sit at the kids' table. Remember how to sit at the kids' table? Family gatherings, you know, everybody's at the big table. We got this little, they called it a card table. 
this little, you know, and I had to sit at the kids' table. And I used to, I remember, I remember getting older and saying, one day, one day, I'm sitting at the big table, you know? And then my day came. I'll never forget, man, when I got to sit at the big, and I used to look at the kids at the, you know, and think I was a, you know, big shot. But when I read this text of Scripture, I thought about this. It says in verse number two again, Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. One day, I'm going to sit at the table with him. Think about that. And not, not, only, not only am I going to sit, but there's a place for you as well. You know, we're going to be able to sit at the table with him one day. Well, that's a tremendous thought. Let me share one final thought about the table there, and then I'll connect it to the church. It's a place of instruction. You know, when Jesus gathered his disciples together in that upper room, began to break bread with them in fellowship, he gathers them, he breaks bread in fellowship, and then he begins to give them instruction, Right? And you know, of course, the instruction there was to be shared for the future church. But the table is a place for instruction. And many times we sit around the table and we discuss serious things. Isn't that right? Family talks sometimes are serious. You know, sometimes we, we sit around with colleagues, staff members, and we, we talk about some serious things. Deacon meetings sometimes, we're sitting around the table. We're talking about God's business here and what God wants us to do and how we need to accomplish it. Right? And so sometimes it's... It's for instruction. Sometimes you sit around with a friend, even at maybe a Starbucks, and, and you're asking for some counsel, or you're giving counsel. You know, you're maybe discipling, you're mentoring, you're coaching, right? And so, and so I think this, I think we gather around the table for, for fellowship, but also for stewardship. So how does this tie in? And I want to tie this in a few minutes I have remaining with, with the church. I want you to see a couple of things. I, I think you understand this. The church is a gathering place, isn't it? Uh, look, look at that Bible verse there, uh, Hebrews 10, verse 25. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Now, there's a whole lot in that verse that we can discuss. And there's a lot of question in that verse, right? So, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. What's he talking about there, right? Well, if you put it all in context, and that's what you have to do sometimes. You take a verse, take a word, you put a word, you know, in the sentence, in the sentence, in the paragraph, paragraph, in the, and so on and so forth. And then, the, you know, the, 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 the chapter in the book, and the book in the Bible, it's context. You have remote and you have immediate. And I think this, I think what he's speaking about there is this kind of a setting where, his children meet together. They assemble together, you know, in his name. Two or three gathered in my name, he said, right? There I am in the midst. And so I believe firmly that he's speaking here about the church. And, and he says, as the manner, not forsaking, the, as the manner of some is. Well, if you take that text and you compare that with a text over in, in 2 Timothy, we're told that there's going to come in the end times a falling away. It's called an apostasy, Right? where people are going to, going to just depart from the faith, departing from the church. Help me here with this. You've been around for a while. Haven't we seen that? Haven't we seen that? Think about, think about the shaking, the shifting, the filtering that COVID did to the church. You know what COVID did to the church? And I don't mean for everybody, because there are some folk who, health-wise and all that kind of stuff, but COVID caused a real a real shifting of the sand for some people. 
because those who were just on the fringe had an excuse. They had an excuse now, right? And now they've become, you know what they become now? They become uh, streaming Christians. You know, they sit at home and watch church online, right? It didn't take much. And the Bible predicted that back in, in, in you know, in, in Paul's day, where there's going to come a time when there's going to be a falling away from the faith. And then he said, so much more as you see the day approaching. What day do you think he's, he's talking about there? Huh? Second coming, end times, today? How many would say today? Today. We're living in it. You know, now I've been around for a long time, I've been preaching for a while. And I've heard it preached many times, you know, hey, hey, Jesus is coming again, and I'm going to be going to be in my lifetime. And some of the guys who used to preach that are already dead. And so I, I don't preach that. I'm going to see it in my lifetime, you know, because then I'll probably die tomorrow, you know. But I do believe we are in the end of the end times. And I'm not sure if I'm going to see, you know, his return. Um, I would love to be raptured just for the experience, you know. <laughs> you know, I've been talking about it, preaching about it for a while, but. It's going to happen one day, right? But I, I, I use that verse <coughs> because I believe this. I believe the church is a gathering place. Family gathers at the church. We're family. We really are. We're brothers and sisters, you know? Uh, we are connected. We are joined together, you know, as the body of Christ. And, you know, each uniquely fitted into his body, right? And, and I appreciate that. And, and, I, and I hope this, and I, this is a prayer of mine, that, that you love to go to church and that you look forward to going to church. Are you aware of this, that not all churchgoers have that privilege? There are some, now pay attention here, there are some people that go to church and they're not sure what's going to happen that day. They don't know if there's going to be a message that just is, is just too hard, you know, to take because the preacher is mad at somebody, you know, or if something's going to happen. And there are some, there are some very unhealthy churches in our world, you know. Church isn't supposed to be that way, right? Uh, I, I often say this about us. We make church something that God never meant for it to be. Huh? Look here, Dave, when you leave here, when you, when you guys leave here, whatever you do in your house is your business, none of mine. Uh, and, and if you bring it here, make it everybody else's business, that's your fault. But that's not what church is for. Huh? And just because you're a member at a church like this doesn't mean that... You, what, what, uh, Kevin, you've been here for a while. Brother, Brother Smith, you've been here for a while. When people become a member here, do they get an entitlement card? Becoming a member entitles them to know everything about everybody in this church, especially the pastor. Uh, so do I have to report to you guys when I go out and take my wife out to dinner or take a day off or I, I have a personal life? Really? How about that? And so do you. And so since you don't report to me, say amen right there. See, we made church something that it's never supposed to have been. And you know what happens then? It becomes ugly. And it becomes, you know what, I, I don't know if I want to go there today. And I don't, I don't know if I want to, right? I mean, I, I, you know, I wake up on Sunday, I can't wait to get to church. You know, I look forward to it all week long. I count down the days. I like to skip over Saturday every once in a while. I know you won't want to do that, but I, I can't wait to get to Sunday. You know, and I'm excited. And I want to give you something fresh and exciting 
And I don't want to make it heavy and burdensome. And I don't want to use the pulpit as a place to scold you or promote my kingdom. And that's not what church is supposed to be. And there are some people that go to church and they, they're just frightened as to what might take place today. You know, who's going to say this and what are they going to try to get me to do now? And what is that's manipulation. Huh? Now, we should care about each other. I mean, if you come to church and you don't see Rich for a while, I would hope somebody would say, hey, hey, where's Rich? Everybody knows Rich, right? Where's Rich? Where's the guy with the yellow shirt? I haven't seen him for a little bit. You know, and we care about each other, right? But we're not going to follow him home. You know, we're not going to stalk him, right? But church, it's just supposed to be that. It's a family gathering, right? And only that, I think this, it's a place, it's a place, church, it's a place for fellowship. I like what the Bible says in the book of Acts, chapter number 2. It, they, verse number 41 says, Then they that gladly received this word, you know, were baptized, and the Lord added them out. And then it says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. And so church is not just a place to gather, but it's a place where we have fellowship. And you know what the Bible teaches? The Bible teaches that people need people. <laughs> we really do. We need each other. You know, I like to believe this. You know, you need me, and I need you. And I'll never be what God wants me to be without your help. Right? We need to have that kind of fellowship at church, and God just made us that way. And, you know, let me, let me say this, and I hope you don't take offense to it, but I, I'm often confused by believers whose only source of friendship is the unsaved. Did I say that right? I'm confused by that. When you have folks that are, they claim to be saved and they go to a good church, but they have no friendship, they have no fellowship, and their only source of friendship is the world, the unsaved world. There's something wrong with that. Huh? I'm not saying we shouldn't have friends in the world. That's not what I'm saying, or unsaved people. But if that's your only source of friendship, it's kind of like that old saying, you know, I remember many times being a youth pastor and I would stand, you know, up on a platform and I'd get one of my teenagers to come up trying to prove a point and I'd have him grab my hand and I'd say, now, let me ask you, what do you think it's easier to do, for him to pull me down or for, him, for me to pull him up? It's easier for, for him to pull me down. And my point was I was trying to teach the teenagers about the friendships they keep. And don't be around individuals that will pull you down, right? Because the more you're with the lost, their influence is greater sometimes than, than yours, and they're going to pull you down before you pull them up. And that's your only source of fellowship. Right? Place, you know, the church is a place of gathering. It's a place of fellowship. And then, then it's a place of instruction. 1 Timothy chapter number 3, verse 15 says, But if I tarry long, Paul's speaking to Timothy, he's writing that they may know how to behave, how they ought to behave themselves in what? The house of God. So what's the house of God? Well, no guessing here, which is the church of the living God, right? So the church is the house of God, and it's the pillar and ground of the truth. It's a place of instruction. You know what happens when you go to church? When you go to church, we break open the word of God, and we read about the bread of life, right? And, 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 and we're given instruction on how to live according to the desires of our Heavenly Father. And we're given instruction on every, for, for every level of life, right? There's instruction in here for people who just got saved, for those who've been saved forever, 
There's instruction here for teenagers and parents and grandparents and great-grandparents. There's instruction here for the happy, and there's instruction in here for those who are not that happy. Right? There's counsel on how to stay financially free, how to get out of debt, how to properly use your money. There's counsel in here on how to dress, how to speak, how to act. I mean to tell you, this book is a, just a treasure chest, right? And we're never going to exhaust it. But when we go to church, we, you know, we get that instruction. It's a place of instruction. So it's a place for gathering, place for fellowship, place for instruction. No wonder Paul said that we ought not forsake the assembly, Right? We need the assembly. We need, we need church. And we need the table more and more as the day approaches. But as I finished up my own personal Bible study, I was working on this over the last day or so, I was reminded of another table. You got your Bibles with you? Quickly. I need you to go quickly to Revelation chapter number 19. Revelation chapter number 19. That's the last book in the Bible for those theologians among us. Revelation 19, look what it says, let's read just a little bit, look at verse 6, and I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and the voice of many waters, and the voice of a mighty thunderings, saying, hallelujah, for the Lord God, omnipotent, reigneth. And then he said, verse 7, let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. Now, guess who the wife is? It's us. You know who the Lamb is. That's the Son of God, Jesus. The Lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Look at verse 8. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white, for the fine Linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, right, blessed are they which are called into the marriage. What? Supper of the Lamb. And he saith unto me, these are the true sayings of God. <laughs> there's, a, there's another table that we're going to sit at one day. It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. You know, did you ever see that, that picture? It's been around for a long, long time. You know, it's a, it's a shot you know, from one, of, uh, one end of a table, and, and, and you just can't see the other end. Did you ever, did you ever see that? It, it's a picture of the marriage supper of the Lamb, and it just keeps going on and on and on and on and on, you know. And, and I thought about this. Think about this with me. At that table is a place card with your name on it. Amen. Huh? You ever go to a wedding? Now, you know, do these fancy weddings now, when you go in, you got all these hors d'oeuvres, you know, and you eat for about an hour and a half, two hours before you eat for another hour and a half, two hours, right? And, but when you go in, what's the first thing you do? I don't. The first thing Mrs. Genizzi does is she goes and gets our place card, right? And so if you've been invited, right? And pay attention here. If you've been invited, you have, you have, you have a place to sit. Have you ever been to a wedding where, Craig, you went to get your place card and then there was a bill? Huh? Right? I mean, wouldn't it be terrible? You go to a wedding, you're at the reception here, you, you, Dean, you and Connie, you get your place card, and all of a sudden, what's that $65? What's that for? Well, that's for your meal. No, when you're invited, you're an invited guest, and you have a place card, your meal has been paid. 
your way has been paid. And when I think about this table in Revelation chapter number 19, verse number 9, the marriage supper of the Lamb, I have a place, I have a seat at that table, and the meal has been paid in full. Isn't that awesome? Praise the Lord for Jesus. Praise God for his goodness and for his mercy. I'm pushing buttons all over the place. And that's what happens at the table. I'm so glad I have a seat at the table. Aren't you? I'm so glad Jesus Christ paid it all, all to him I owe. And one day, one day, and I think maybe one day soon, hopefully the rapture, one day soon, we get to be with him in glory. Hallelujah. At the table. At the table, place of gathering, place of fellowship, place of instruction. It's amazing what you can get just out of a little phrase, just a couple of words at the table. Let's get around the table, spend time with him, and learn from him, and be what he wants us to be. Amen? Amen. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for allowing us to dig into John chapter 12 and other texts tonight and just kind of do a little, just a little, little study on that, that word table or on the on the description of of being at the table thank you for allowing us to gather and have fellowship and instruction as we meet here at church and thank you for a future table where we'll sit together with the lord jesus christ for a thousand years the marriage supper of the lamb and just enjoy the millennial kingdom and then enter into eternity oh my what a great future uh, you have in store for the church and we being a part of it we love you tonight. Bless us as we dismiss. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you, church. You yeah, have a good night. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.